without further ado, as promised, beloved brother Da Dawood, would you come up? Love you, bro. Thanks for blessing us today. Peace and blessings, everyone. Hallelujah. I ask for your forgiveness beforehand and just to bear with me. Okay. Just to bear with me. <clears throat> the reason uh, I'd like to share my testimony, one, is because pastor some months ago talked about sharing testimony. Uh, every morning that I wake up, that's my prayer to uh, have Abba open every door that needs to be opened and to shut every door that needs to be shut. And then to lay my plans at his feet and ha have his way happen. And sure enough, all the, every time it does. And it's pretty amazing. But I wanted to share that the testimony because um, it's nothing special or not more powerful than anyone else's testimony. Because all of us have an encounter with Abba that changes our lives because we are members of one body. And members are different and have different functions. But they work together for a healthy body because that's what we are. Um, sorry. <clears throat> okay. Another reason why we wanted to publicly submit because that's the order of things. And I've asked pastor's forgiveness because I was resistant to that. And I was resistant to that because my life has been filled with rejection, hypocrisy, arrogance, power hungriness, and ignorance on my part and the part of people that I've encountered. Um, so I'll begin with my conversion. In my younger days as a young teenager, uh, I grew up in a violent and dark area. Although my family was big and very loving, it was still violent and dark, and I was out of place. Um, my conversion took place in a solitary confinement as a teenager because I was... Uh, bodyguard for drug dealers and that was a life that was very dark and very hard it was contrary to my nature but I did what I had to do in this particular instance I was facing 25 years as a juvenile because they were going to try me as an adult because it was so big the bust and all of the adults put the blame on me because they didn't think that it would happen to me um, during that time, or before that time, while I was bodyguarding for drug dealers and living a uh, very horrible life, I did my best to try to do well, and I thought I was a practicing Muslim. I made prayers five times a day and just did my best to what I thought I could in my physical self to, to be good or to make up for all of the rotten, horrible things that I participated in. 
I was in solitary confinement because we were in a, in a cell with other juveniles and there were nothing but these big old white country boys that just loved to beat on dark people. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we would fight and they would just lock us up and I just stayed there. And I, during that time, to, to kind of condense it, during that time, um, I would make my prayers five times a day and I would study. Um, and one thing stood out to me is that I could not understand how this person, uh, David, had the reputation from Abba himself as being a man after his own heart because this guy was, uh, you know, he committed murder, he adultery, he was doing all kinds of stuff. And, I mean, I was like, who is this guy? And how is it that he has this reputation and he doesn't make prayers five times a day? He doesn't do this or that. And it intrigued me. So after much study and much prayer, after I would make my prayers, I would um, <laughs> I would secretly say the Our Father and then say in the name of Jesus afterwards to see what would happen. And um, so almost a year passed and I'm getting ready to be uh, go to trial and I'm getting ready to go into general population and I remember there was the time where I was just fed up. I was fed up with the fighting. I was fed up with myself. I was fed up with the people who I thought had my back and just left me there and um, I remember <laughs> I remember specifically one day I cried out and a literal puddle of tears. And I just said, if you show me who you are, I will serve you for the rest of my life. And that night, I didn't sleep. I would just pace myself. And that night, I found myself in a different place. I was somehow translated. I was not in my cell, but I was in the phone booth, and there were all these palms of hands beating on the phone booth all around me, and I, was, I, I had the phone in my hand, and I was like, what is going on? And then I looked up, and two pair of hands came through the phone booth and rested right on my forehead, and everything that was <laughs> dark and shameful and dirty and, and nasty, <laughs> if I could describe it as pure peace and love and joy, and happiness and freedom, it just oozed from the top of my head all the way down, and I washed it, just washed away. <laughs> and then I was back in my cell, and I didn't know what had happened, but everything was different. Everything was different. I was no longer afraid, and even though I was in solitary confinement, I had felt the freest I've ever felt in my life. And I was unafraid of whatever was going to happen to me I was, the guards even acted differently. I mean, everything was different. Um, and that's important because there was no one else there. And he heard me. And he answered me. And there was no one else there. Until they moved me to general population. 
And I know how to handle myself, but I was terrified. <laughs> and a couple sails down <laughs> was this crazy white boy screaming hallelujah and holding Bible studies and praying with people. And, <laughs> and I just felt, I didn't know it at the time, but it was the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh that was drawing me. And I said, I, sh I should go talk to him. I went and talked to him, and his name happened to be Paul. And I told Paul what had happened to me. And when I told him, he just shouted and started dancing in the cell. And then, you know, just, I mean, he was nuts. And I'm like, hey, God, calm down. But he was so excited because he knew what had happened. And then he shared with me. He said, brother, they just arrested me for a ticket that I paid for 10 years ago, and I had no idea why I was here, and now I know. And so he prayed with me, and uh, he was there two more nights, and then they let him out, but he promised me that he would be there at my court date. <laughs> so I go to my court date, and I stand before the judge. I don't hear anything. Um. And he says, do you like to say anything? I says, yes. I accept full responsibility for all of my actions. I am unafraid, and I am ready to do whatever Abba wants me to do. And he says something else, put down the gavel, and the guard is taking me back. I see the Paul in the back of the courtroom. He's just smiling, hallelujah. <laughs> and I remember walking back and... Uh, the guard was like, well, how you feel? I'm like, I'm, I'm unafraid. I'm ready to handle whatever. He's like, so you're happy you're going home? I was like, what? He said, didn't you hear? You're going home today. And uh, so from there, yes, I went home. I, I couldn't believe it. Well, I had to believe it because it was happening. He met me that Sunday Paul and took me to a church where I was baptized with water. And again, my life has never been the same since. Uh, from there, I found out that in the jail cell, he baptized me with the Holy Spirit. He declared the end from the beginning. And he made me some promises that he would speak to me and then confirm it out in the world so that I would never be lost. There would never be anything that would be new or a surprise. And he's been faithful to do that. Pastor, he has been faithful 100% in all things. So the part now I go to church and Abba's teaching me. He's teaching me. I'm having this conversation continually with the Holy Spirit. And he's just showing me things. And I remember being in a church where just amazing people, but they weren't doing what Abba was showing me, and teaching me, and I was a little confused, and uh, I was in a homeless shelter with some other teenagers, and I was telling them about the awesomeness of Jesus and Yeshua, and I'm, I'm like, hey, you need to come to church, and we're going to worship together, and, you know, we had on holy jeans and messed up shoes and t-shirts and all this, but we were so happy, and I remember being there and, and so excited, and then after you know, people were not so loving because we didn't 
have on suits or ties or we didn't look like them. And, and I remember being so angry and I got kicked out of that church because I, I could not hold my tongue. And I'm not saying that that was the right thing, but I was just, I was angry because they were not doing what Abba had taught me and was showing me. It didn't line up, which started my journey through other churches and being kicked out of other fellowships, some deserved, most not, because I didn't know how to hold my tongue. I've always been a vocal person when things are not right. And um, so after a time of that, I, had some, I met some great fellowship people and it was just the same thing. Abba was showing me things that didn't line up and every time I would say something or bring it to somebody's attention, they would either laugh at me or dismiss me or marginalize me or whatever the case. After a, a period of some years, it made my heart cold and I went down to Virginia. Uh, most of my family is uh, Navy and Marines. So I got to couch surf a lot. I have a whole bunch of brothers and sisters, a whole bunch of aunts and uncles. It's just in our blood. So I got to travel. I went down to visit with my sister where I once again had a time to get rid of, you know, I turned back to uh, smoking and drinking, and I thought that that was going to, and it didn't. But Abba was still pulling on my heart, and I threw all those things away once again, and he revived me. And I went to a place called Rock Church of Virginia Beach. It was a mega church at that time. And it's during the prosperity gospels and name it and claim it and things like that. And, you know, with Abba, the pieces will always fit, but they'll always transition because it's not just one thing with Abba. He keeps unfolding. He gets you to a level of unfolding where you're like, all right, you this, you know, I was telling my daughter, hey, were you, when you were born, you used to rock and then you would roll and then you would scooch and then you would crawl and then you would you know the whole process and um, so during that time I met some amazing people and had a great time and once again as Abba was showing me things things weren't lining up uh, I remember getting sick because this is how Abba teaches me I remember getting sick and everyone in that church surrounded me and they were praying don't claim that sickness. And I'm just, I'm throwing up and coughing and snotting. And, and I'm like, I don't claim it. I don't claim. And, and nothing was happening. And they all just kind of pushed me into a room and said I didn't have enough faith. And I was broken because I was like, what's, you know, what's wrong with me? And I remember my two friends, they, they got me and they took me to their house and they made some tea and covered me in blankets. And I'm just in tears like, Ah, but what did I do wrong? He said, you didn't do anything wrong. And, and as he said that, I said, well, Abba, whatever you want, I surrender. And you are my king. And whatever you want, whenever you're ready, I surrender. And immediately, I was healed. And we praised, me and my two friends in that apartment, we just praised Abba together. Because this is how Abba was teaching me, showing me things about how he operates in contrast to how religion operates or how people put stuff on him and how he operates, which were valuable lessons as I was to go move further and further. 
Um, so fast forward. Once again, I got into a place where I forgot where I came from. I allowed the pressures. I'm only 19. I was converted. I was 16. And as I was moving, I got depressed once again because it, you know, I felt so alone and heavy and burdened. Um, I had children at an early age. I've had, I have seven children. I've lost five. I have seven children, all of whom I love very much, all of whom I was there doing my very best. So my youngest, my oldest, I was trying to be a good daddy and trying to get back, and I'm just surrounded by everything that was not good, and I forgot Abba. Because I forgot Abba, once again, I fell into disrepair. And I fell into all kinds of things that would keep me from really walking in what he, he had me walking in. To my shame, I confess that I participated. I am the prostitute. I am the whoremonger. I am the thief. I am liar. I'm all of those people. You know, some people wonder why I'm yelling and why I jump and why I'm loud and why I cry and why I'm excited is because I have very much to be grateful for. And I... I And I know that it throws some people off, but, you know, I do. Every moment I'm reminded of how awesome Abba has been to me and what he has delivered me from. And um, so from there, you know, I'm living my life. You'd probably be surprised to know Abba has placed me in many different arenas. Um, like a fly on the wall be surprised to know that I was in corporate America for a while and he blessed me there yes I had a suit and a tie and I wore pants um, and was very successful there was a good period in my life I've always been a builder um, he took a, a I was an account executive for a staffing firm and I started as an employee, you know, daily wages. And their innovation was they would take people to work and bring them home in the, in the ghettos and, the, you know, the bad neighborhoods. And um, from there, I, I rose and went from a $100,000 account to a multimillion-dollar account and thought I was the bomb diggity. And, but it wasn't it, and Abba took that away from me, and I, and I agreed. It was, it was heartbreaking. So once again, I was homeless. From there, I went into just building, going from place to place, building because Abba gave me skills and things that I'd be able to, I was told to get skills that would not only help my family, but help community, and I could go anywhere. And so that's what I did. I got into a, some years ago, many, many years ago, Surprise, you know, I cook professionally as well. And uh, in Proverbs, it is true of me that uh, Abba 
because of his gifts and talents that he places in us, he will bring you before a great man. I had the opportunity to work at very high levels in the culinary field and do some amazing things. And it was all Abba. The thing about making food for people is that I get to participate and I would actively pray as I'm prepping food, as I'm making dishes for these people. They have no idea that I'm just blessing them, asking Abba to speak to every cell in their body so that they would have a good meal so that they could go out and make great decisions and be all that Abba would have them to be. And because of that, you know, there were guys who had degrees and this and that, and I graduated from CIA, and they were pretty awesome. But Abba advanced me in such a way that it was pretty amazing. There are some things I have to leave out because my story is almost like a Forrest Gump story. So I'm, I'm giving you some background because it's important. It's important. I want you to know. Some of the men and women here know that when they met me, I put myself out there because it's important. I don't have time to, to have a mask on. I've been faced with life and death so many times it's ridiculous. Guns jamming at my head. Bullets whizzing by me. I'm being gang fights, club fights, being the security, people just trying to stab. I mean, all kinds of things. And he's delivered me from every single one. He's protected me from every single one. Car accidents. When I was a baby in my mother's womb, my biological dad, he, you know, he, he was hurting too. And he hurt my mom and threw her down the steps with me pregnant. So the adversary had been trying to kill me from day one. And I say that not because I'm special, but because I don't have time to. When I approach people, I realize I'm a little much. I realize I, I may throw people off, but it's a reason because you are my brothers and sisters. And I have no choice but to do and to try to be as naked as I possibly can so that we can connect and be healthy as a body. And I realize that throws people off, but I mean no harm. And I'm saying that for the record. I mean no harm to any of you. I'm emboldened by you. My brothers, the people that I've gotten to have relationship in this time, because, you know, I'm fast forward. And we traveled. I traveled the country building and cooking things for Renaissance festivals and all kinds of stuff. And it was amazing. But then Abba had a plan for me that I didn't know anything about. Through that, we ended up having land. And I thought a legacy for my children. I never thought I'd make it past 18, and here I am. And Abba blessed us with this land. My wife and I blessed us. I mean, he did everything. My plan was to be a ship's cook on, with some other pirates sailing the seven seas in South China for... Vietnam, the South Seas, I'm serious, that was my plan. But yet, here I am, a farmer, taking care of chickens and stuff, in the middle of the woods. And it is an amazing thing. We travel, and like I said, because of my hurt, I allow things in that, we're not well, but Abba, but Abba said, hey, I still have a plan for you. And the plan has really nothing to do with me. It has to do with us. 
It has to do with this time and this season that we are in. And there are many of us throughout this globe right now who are experiencing the same thing for the very same reason. It's for the kingdom. It's because he's making his bride ready. He's getting his people ready. And so there's really no time to be afraid, although I am afraid. But despite that, I move forward. So I just want to share this, too, that when we were traveling and we moved here, I prayed, Abba, I feel like we need to be somewhere. We need fellowship. I can't just be a lone wolf. In my travels, I'm around witches and wannabe sorcerers and people that have all of these ideas about religion. And you know what? They're right. They're right about religion. They are not right about the kingdom. And so as we were driving, this place was Fred's. I've even shopped here. We, you know, honey, this Fred's right here. We, I don't never heard of Fred, but he's got some stuff. <laughs> So time moves on, you know, Fred's disappears. Time moves on and we're driving. And one day I just happen to look up and I see Greek. And like I said, I study. I study a lot. And I recognize that, like, what is that, a restaurant, honey? You see that? That's Greek up there. What is that? And the Holy Spirit kept. We drove by a few more times. And, like, I'm... and one day we're driving and the Holy Spirit says, Today is the day, so I just turn in because that's what he does. He just lets me know this is the day is the day. And I walk in, and there's John, Don Raglan. And I had no idea what it was, but they approached me lovingly. Because I've always expected people, when they see me, they're like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> and, uh, but they approached me lovingly, and as they should, they examined me, and I was unafraid. You should also know that I do not identify as a Christian. I don't. If you were to ask me, do I believe in the blood of the lamb that he died, was buried, and was raised for me to redeem me back into right relationship with Abba, to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and water, and to serve and accept him as my Adon and Savior, I would say 100% yes. The word that they used back in the day outside of Christian is the kodeshim. That means the set-apart ones. The kodeshim. It's a marketing tool for me personally that the adversary is destroying our brothers and sisters because of you want to slap a title on something and then make it a package deal. The word says a house divided cannot stand. And that's why they're... Baptist Christians, Pentecostal Christians, and all this stuff, and the adversary is just having this way, dividing us. Is there anything wrong with the term Christian, if you want to call it? No, it's not a judgment. It's not a judgment at all, because you are my brothers and sisters, truly, whether you like it or not. And I mean that. I, I mean that honestly. You are. And it's truly my desire when I wake up in the morning to serve to honor my Abba by blessing me. <laughs> by blessing me with such an amazing group of people. Whether you like me or not, it matters not. I make an analogy about the body. 
ones we don't talk about. The butthole. Physically, without that part of the body, it would toxify and die. No matter how beautiful your eyes are, how strong your muscles are, no matter what beautiful hair you have, if you don't have that waste and that system in your body to allow those toxins to come out, then those beautiful eyes get nasty. That hair falls out. Those muscles don't work and atrophy and decay. And then, no, it's funny. I mean, you know, farting and all. It's funny, huh? But it's, it's serious because this is what Abba has taught me. We are many members, so we don't look alike and we don't have the same function. But we are to be together to work in unity for the kingdom of Abba, for the kingdom, for love. And that's why the commandment was to love each other. And so back to, they prayed with me, and I was so excited. We were so excited because finally we have a place to be, a, a, a family. And that's why it was important to make this public declaration, because that's the order of things. We have a saying in some of the crews that I run across the country, this building, you know, you always come, some of you builders might know, you come to somebody, they've done a job, and you like, Oh, my goodness, they just left that there for us because I've heard it said, oh, we'll leave that. They'll, somebody else will get that. They'll take care of that. The roofing crew will take care of that. The punch-out crew will take care of that. But in the kingdom, we are the somebody else. Like you said, Pastor, last week, you just, you just keep kicking me in the butt every time, which is great, which emboldens me to be what he has asked me to be and to speak boldly. We are the somebody else. And those little things like gossip, idolatry, hating one another, all of, the, all of that stuff that would keep us from being united, the adversary is doing his job. Why are we not doing our job? And I'm not saying we're not. I'm saying we can do more because our life is not our own. And this, no matter how I feel, because he's given me a spirit of discernment as well. And I'm trying to share my testimony with some of you because I have, in my course of being here, seen some of the disdain in your eyes when you look at me. I have, in some of you, seen the judgment that you would have for me and my family. How I dress, how I look, my audacious nature at times. I mean no harm, and that's okay. I forgive you. I do, because the honest truth is I need you. We need to be healthy together, all of us. We are not the only ones. There are many people around us in this world right now that are fighting, dying, living, loving as hard as they can, and our turn is coming, and we need to get it together. Those of you who have, I bless you. Hallelujah. Because in the kingdom, we all have. And it really is for the kingdom. Again, our life is not our own. We are bought with a price. I would encourage you, my brothers and sisters, to at least examine your life. If there's one thing that's consistent throughout the story is this. Judgment came because the people forgot who Abba was. 
And then they started to mix idolatry with what they thought he wanted to do. You don't have to believe me. It's in the word. Every little thing matters. When Yahushua took Joshua, when he took Jericho, he said, take no prisoners except for the Rahab, the prostitute. Kill everything. It must, you must cleanse it out. Well, somebody took something and they were destroyed. Because especially in this time and season, whatever idols you might have in your heart, please take it out. This is as much of a plea as it is a warning. I do love in every one of you. I don't just say that. When I say sister or brother, I mean it with every bit of my being. And I do my best to be my best that I may be of service. It is my prayer to be a blessing and not a curse, along with my family. Abba has orchestrated all of this here. He brought us here. We were not joining a church. We were not because I was, I was telling them, I'm not joining the church. I'm not joining the club. I'm not trying to be in circles and social and all that other stuff. I have joined a family, the family of Abba. I have joined a part of the body and the embassy that he has placed here in Livingston. And I see him working in my pastor. And I want to honor Abba by submitting to that. I see him working in my elders. And I want to honor Abba by submitting to that and seeing where I can fit in. Those are just a little bits and pieces of my testimony. I would encourage you to engage me because I do try to engage you. I do very much. And like I said, I, I realize that I might not your cup of tea. I'm not your cup of tea, some of you. And that's fine. But I can give an answer for my salvation. I can give an answer for the reason why I'm willing to move forward despite, and I am 100%. Every day I wake up, it's not a, it's not a sad thing. It's not a sad thing. But I realize it may be my last day. So I have everything to give and nothing to lose. I want to go spent without regret saying what Abba wants me to say, doing what he wants me to do, and to serve you, my brothers and sisters, as best I can, my family as well. My beautiful wife and my redhead stepchild is not here currently, but I have a beautiful family, and we have committed our lives to Abba. Everything we do is for Abba because that's how he blesses us. If I've offended anyone in this place, if I make you nervous, please forgive me. It is not my intention. I mean no harm. I have no judgment. My only desire is to please Abba because regardless, he has been the one there with me. He was there with no one else that was there and continues to be so. I have to reiterate the reason I say this. They gave me honor earlier, and I, I feel like I shouldn't because I'm only here so that we can be healthy together. I need you, each and every family here, each and every person. My family needs you. There are people hurting that have been here that are out there. 
They need you. And we need each other, whether you think so or not. Because I know personally that there is nothing that any of you have that Abba has not given you. Nothing. There's nothing that you have that Abba has not blessed you with for a purpose. And I have to honor that. I want to honor that, to be a good steward. Please engage me. Because you are my brothers. You don't know that I would take a bullet for you. I have been tested. I've been through many dark death valleys and shadows. Abba was right there. I have much to be grateful for, much to give praise for. The adversary is just having his way. That is nothing compared to the people of God. Nothing. Because we have work to do. Again, this is not to be part of a club or anything. We have work to do. This is the embassy that Abba has brought us in this time and season. Like I said before, I say again publicly, Pastor, do my best to honor and to uphold you, to stand with you in prayer for his will to be done in his kingdom to come. Agreement of things or not agreement of things. <laughs> because we don't agree on some things, but that's okay because you have shown me love as well as many others here. My mother's my brothers and my sisters, we have work to do. We sung a song about shaking off religious, religious things. Abba's asking you of that. I know there are traditions, and I know they make you feel good. But you ask yourself, you ask Abba about the idolatry. You do your, your study in history about some of the things and practices that we call holidays that are keeping us from having the revival that we would like because we're mixing idolatry with what Abba set forth. It's a hard thing to say, but you have to know this. In Nehemiah, says, I put watchmen on the wall, and if you see the adversary coming and you say nothing, and the people die and perish, that's on you. But if you see the adversary coming and you say something to the people and they do nothing about it, that's on them. I continue to say I mean no harm, but things should be said and must be said. He has given his angels charge over us. That is a fact. So whether you see them or not, there are always angels present, always. When we come here for group and corporate worship, it's to worship the king. We bring the presence of Abba with us. So to join with you, and every time, every single time, no matter how I feel, when I'm sitting back there and I look, I just can't help but to see my brothers and sisters, whether you disdain me or not. I'm committed, and I do feel the love here, Pastor. There is much more that Abba has in store for us. But I just, I wanted to share a little bit. There is much more. And if we can share, and I do share my testimony. There's so much more, but I would just like to say I wanted to share with you because I need you to know that I mean no harm. 
and that Abba has brought me here to hopefully, uh, there's a, a, a song that says, I'd love to be the stool that you step on so that you can reach higher. That's how I feel. Because that's the truth. That's what Abba does for us every day. And I've been so honored and blessed to have had relationships, personal relationships with some of you. And even if I don't have a relationship with you, please know that I desire to serve you. I may look some dumb, but I'm not. My gifts and talents were meant to connect with yours so that we can walk in the dominion and authority that he has given us from the foundations of the earth, especially for this time and season. Now, we all know about all the racial, all the gender, all the things that are happening. That's a very real thing. But I was trying to shatter all of that. And that's why I'm specifically speaking to my brothers who just happen to be Caucasian. You are my brothers. By blood, the blood of the lamb. And although you don't know me, I pray opportunities to serve you. Because I am a walking dead man. I am. And I was so afraid to share my testimony and to put even more of a target on my back. But at this time, it just doesn't matter. Because there are people hurting and waiting. It says the whole creation is groaning for the sons of Yah to be revealed. This is what we have. This is the family that we have. And I'm very honored and grateful for this time. I stand with each and every one of you. Abba's will to be done in agreement for his will to be done for his kingdom to come. Thank you for your time and consideration. Hallelujah.